0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Hello, Every Nation family, Toronto. So good to be with you all through the power of technology. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Matt. I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors at Every Nation Vancouver. And yeah, I'm glad to be here. So uh, Every Nation Toronto and uh, Every Nation family who else may be watching, Uh, maybe you were invited by a friend today. A special welcome to you. I'm so glad that we can be here. I was invited by my friend uh, Bert and Sheila. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. And also my friends Richard and Chantel. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Maybe Pastor Richard did not share this with you, but we are BFFs. And so maybe he didn't say that publicly or out loud, but it, it is true. So if you do see him, you can say, hey, how's your BFF, Matt? That's me. I also heard that there are some Filipinos joining us, and I know I don't look like it, but I was actually raised in the Philippines as a missionary kid. So Pastor Bert asked me to do a quick greeting. So, magandang magandang umaga, mga kong Pilipino. So, so good to see all of you here today. Uh just a little bit of my story, like who is this guy who's going to be speaking uh with us and to us today. Uh so like I said, I was raised in the Philippines as a missionary kid and then after that went to uh Went to university in the States and uh, I went to pursue being a youth pastor. I felt called in high school to be a youth pastor. And so uh, went to Bible school, studied and was excited to be a youth pastor in the States. But literally the day before my graduation, no one called me. Even though I was such a cool guy and ready to be a youth pastor in the States, no one called me except one annoying pastor kept calling me. I call him dad, um, but he would call me and say, hey, Matt, not like, how are you doing or how was your week? But he would say, hey, we just had 10 kids come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and they don't have a youth pastor. Have a great week. And he'd hang up like, dad, you can't do that to me. So on the eve of my graduation, I was on my knees just saying, God, where, where would you want me? Like no one wants me in the States but there's youth in the Philippines. And then I just paused and like, exactly. There's youth in the Philippines that you've made me for that. And so by God's grace, I went to uh, the Philippines to be a youth pastor. And while I was there, my future wife, who is my current wife, um, she was born in the Philippines, but raised in Canada, raised in BC. And after high school, she went to the Philippines and was doing some acting and a few uh, few things with the performing arts. And she met Jesus, fell in love with him. He changed her life. And then she was discipled at an Every Nation Church, a Victory Church, uh, Victory Galleria in Manila. And so while she was there, she felt called uh, to help start an orphanage. But she also felt called to be in youth ministry. And then when we both met in the Philippines, we both had this call to do youth ministry together. And so that that's our story. That's how we met. And then after our mission commitments ended, we moved to Canada. Well, I moved to Canada. She moved back home. And so we moved to Canada. And now we are at an every nation church in Vancouver with Pastor Greg, Pastor Jonathan, and the awesome team there and the church family. And um, yeah, that is our story. Now, you may say, Matt, great. Great story, great introduction. But what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Well, today Pastor Bert asked me to talk about the message of Jesus. What is Jesus's message? You know, what is he talking about? What What is this? And because we serve a God who speaks, because Jesus does have a specific message, because of that message, and maybe because you've heard it, or you've heard of it, or you've been served by it. Um, or you've been changed because of this message. We're actually on this video call today. We're we're here because of the message of Jesus. We're not here because Matt's speaking. We're here because Jesus's words have either changed our life, uh, they've influenced us in some way, or influenced someone that we know, or we just can't get it out of our head because we've never heard anything like it before. And that's what I would like to look at today in our time together. What is the message of Jesus? And it's simply this. It's found in Mark chapter 12. Jesus is talking to some teachers and he says, hey, here is what life is all about. What your existence is like. Here's the entire message, the goal for life, for human life. And it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second command is like this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commands. And what Jesus is saying here is quite radical, but but it's nothing new. Uh, to the Hebrew listeners, to the teachers of the time, they would have seen this, uh, from Deuteronomy. This is the Shema. This is the prayer. This is what the children of Israel were identified by. We are God's people and we will love Him with everything we have. And there will only be one God. We will love and serve and be loved by Him and be served by Him. And that there's just one God. That's who He is. And then Jesus comes and continues the story but uh doesn't add to it, but says the whole thing behind it is we are to love God and we are to love others. Why? Because God loves others. God loved us first. And so this is the message, love God and love others. And so um Jesus repeats this message that would have been familiar, but he qualifies it as this is how it's going to happen. It's going to happen through Jesus's death and resurrection. No one else can pull this off. No good deeds, no good intentions, only the perfect heart of God, the sacrifice of God. Uh, and we see this in Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began telling his followers that he must go to Jerusalem, where the Jewish elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the law would make him suffer many things. He told them he must be killed and then be raised from the dead on the third day. This is what makes this message possible. The redeeming love of Christ. And so as we talk about, like this is the message of Christ. Love God, love others, and we can only do it through him through his strength. And so as we talk about this, we could continue to dive into several verses and several themes and look how God's word, the speaking God, how it all leads to this message. Like This is what it's about. But instead of just looking at it, I know it's summertime. And so maybe instead of reading about it, you would prefer the movie over the book, Uh, this little video that we made. And so this was the content by pastor greg uh my friends jan and argy they put this together and you may think time out Matt. are we going to watch a movie are you aren't you supposed to be preaching like or, or how like what what's your role in this don't worry i'm narrating the whole thing so it it's like i'm preaching okay but enjoy this this is the christian message you know everyone wants a happy and fulfilling life the question is who do we trust to be our source of fulfillment Is it self, people, science, religion, money? What follows is a brief outline of the Christian message. It'll help you discover what it looks like to trust God as your source. While there are many religions and beliefs, the Bible says that there are only two spiritual kingdoms. One is ruled by God, the other by self. God's kingdom is full of love, peace, and joy. Because he is a safe leader, he uses his power selflessly. His desire is for us to enjoy a loving relationship with Him and each other within that kingdom. Presently, God's kingdom is not here in its fullness because God is tolerating the evil that is both in and around us to give us time to choose Him. But God is not a good God if He tolerates evil forever. To fully establish a kingdom of love on earth, He will destroy evil at the end of this age. So this makes our time on earth the time that we decide who will be our life leader. Those who choose to trust God demonstrate this by following His way of love and having a personal relationship with Him. So pause for a second and ask yourself, who is currently your life leader? So why is a life leader so important? What is the heart of the problem? It's this, anyone who mistrusts God's leadership ultimately trusts in themselves. And when we are self-centered, we hurt others. This is what the Bible calls sin. Sin is simply whatever breaks right relationship with God and others. As the prophet Isaiah said, your sinful acts have alienated you from God. Now this has both short-term and eternal consequences. As the New Testament also says, other people are selfish. They refuse to follow truth. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord. Now upon hearing this, it's easy to make excuses or to think, ah, we're not that bad. But the Bible says everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Therefore, God can't allow us to enter his kingdom. Our selfishness would destroy its goodness. So what about right now? Do you think that your sin and self-centeredness negatively affect your relationship with God and others? Whatever your answer, here is God's answer to our separation from him. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. God is fair, so our sin must be punished. But since God is also merciful, Jesus died in our place. God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. Now no other God in history has died for our sin. No other God has risen from the dead. The Bible also says this is why God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Through Jesus we have a relationship with God that is based on his love, not our performance. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what do you think about Jesus suffering for your sins and offering you a personal relationship with God? So how do we have a relationship with God? Well, we do two things. We repent and believe. To repent means turning 180 degrees from our ways and instead begin to trust and follow God. It is choosing relationship with God over the fleeting pleasures of sin and self-centeredness. To believe and trust God looks like surrendering control. We don't enter God's kingdom by being good or by simply doing enough. We enter by practically trusting God to be our life leader. And after doing this, God responds to us in two ways. First, He forgives our sin. God removes all the barriers so we can be restored to Him as a son or daughter. He then gives us His empowering Spirit so we can love God and others. As God's Spirit softens and fills our hearts, we joyfully begin to follow and trust His way of love. So pause again and ask yourself, what are the benefits of trusting God to be our life leader? Deciding to trust and follow Jesus is like a wedding where you say vows that express your heart. It can sound something like this. Father, I admit that my mistrust and sin have separated me from you and your kingdom. So I turn from my self-centeredness to follow Jesus as my life leader. I trust you to restore my relationship with you by paying for my sin and by giving me your spirit to love you and others. So after hearing that, one last question for you. Is there anything keeping you from praying this now? To help you grow in your relationship with God, we recommend downloading the Establish app and going through it with a Christian friend to see what source you will choose as your life leader. Isn't that cool? What a cool message Jesus has for us. Now, you may be saying, okay, uh, yeah, I've heard that before. I I get it. Um, You know, we may... Uh, know this message already. We know that we need a better life leader. We know we need a better kingdom to live for. Uh, Maybe we've even been served by the ministry of this message. You know, it's opened our eyes to realize like something bigger is going on. However, my question is, after we hear that presentation, awesome. I'm so glad it exists. But why does it exist? Is it just for me? Is just for those who go to church is it for others like what do i do with it and it's very difficult to do anything with the message of jesus if you have not experienced the message of jesus because there's a big difference between knowing and experiencing the christian message to help illustrate when i was in bible college uh, it was a friday night and a group of friends said hey we're going downtown to just go tell people about the message of Jesus. Do you want to come? I said, sure, let's do it. So we go downtown. It was a great night. We got to be bold with our faith and we got to engage in conversation. It was really cool. And then at the end, we all got together and we got kind of in a group huddle and we were praying. And there was one girl there who was just so excited about Jesus and what he was doing. And she goes, okay, let's just pray, but I want to pray first. And so really, like, okay. So she started the prayer and she said, dear daddy, thank you for tonight. And when she said that, I kind of shook a little bit like daddy, like she knows she's talking to God. Right. And she kept going. She goes, oh, and daddy, you're so good. I'm like, oh man, like, oh, I'm, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I, I don't think you should be saying daddy. And then she said, Papa. And I'm like, that, that's it. And I interrupted her prayer. And I said, hey, sister, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but it ain't daddy. And it ain't Papa. He's God. He is sovereign. He gives you the breath to say those words that you just did. Please show some respect to God. Don't belittle him to a little father figure. He is our cosmic leader. He is incredible and awesome. Don't put him like this. Are you kidding me? And you know what? She started to cry. I know you're just meeting me. I, I promise I'm not a jerk, but back then I guess I was. And she started to cry. And i have like, you know, go go talk to daddy about your tears. Like I was so mean. Uh, fast forward 10 years. Okay. That's how I knew God. He is sovereign and awesome and i got to go to israel which is really cool and before i even get to israel i'm sitting on the plane and it's midnight we're flying uh through the air as airplanes do and we're flying to israel and it's quiet and all of a sudden i hear down the aisle this rhythmic noise and i look and it was a little hebrew boy rolling down the aisle, do-do-do-do-do, and the only thing that stopped him was the refreshment cart as he hit it, and I was kind of chuckling a little bit, like, oh man, should someone help him? Should someone do something? And all of a sudden, the little boy goes, Abba, Abba, at the top of his lungs, and all of a sudden, I hear a louder rhythmic noise, boom, 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 coming down the aisle, And it was the boy's father running after him and picked him up. And I began to cry. Because as we know, Abba is Hebrew for daddy. This little boy cried out to daddy and he came. And 10 years later, after following Jesus, my entire life, I knew him. But I didn't know him as daddy. I didn't cry out to him in the vulnerable parts. Sure, maybe I would get upset sometimes or like, God, if you want to do this, it's your will. But I never said, God, I need this. God, you're my dad. Help me. I never had that relationship and I began to weep. And there was this little Hebrew lady next to me. I accidentally woke her up and she's like, what is wrong? I am terrible with accents, but she's like, what is wrong? I'm like, I just realized that God is my dad. Like, he's he's incredible and he loves me like a son. And she's like, oh, that's good. Go back to sleep. But have you ever been there? Like, you thought you knew something, but then when you get to see it in a very, very relatable way, not even relatable, a needful way, like, I want that. And that's what it looks like to experience the Christian message. This God who speaks, he's speaking, yes, as mighty warrior, as Lord, as ruler, but also as a relational father. And so what I want to do is just go through three quick things on how do we receive this Christian message? How do we receive the message of Jesus? The first we receive the security and significance that only God can give. Um, you know, with hearing the message of Jesus and knowing who he is, I realize that I'm living for a kingdom now, his kingdom that I could never build for myself. Um, and, you know, as we've seen in recent Oprah interviews, like there is no perfect earthly kingdom, but the message of Jesus says that we are invited to live for a perfect kingdom because it already has a perfect king. And in this kingdom, we love others because we are loved by the king. And it it may not be easy sometimes to, because we're living here in this world. And sometimes it's hard to live by these kingdom values, but we choose his words, his wisdom, his heart, his discernment. We choose for those to identify us, to give our security, to give um, um, you know, our significance. We receive it from him to be safe and seen by him. And that's how you receive that. But how do you see the message of the kingdom as good news? Because again, we, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that does not operate on those values of the kingdom. So how How is this good news? Well, the second thing, you receive Jesus's message by subtracting yourself, by subtracting yourself. There's a book out there. I didn't read it because you don't need to read it after you read the title. And the title is simply this, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I'll say it again. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Everything. And again, you may say, well, that doesn't make sense, plus nothing. That's Bible college math, okay? But Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And a perfect example of this is baptisms. Have you ever seen someone uh, just walk into the waters of baptism like they are going for an audience of one? It's incredible. Like, yes, it's great to have family there and it's great to have friends and people watching, but they are there simply because Jesus changed their heart. As one of my friends said, it's a modern day miracle when you witness a baptism, because this is someone who was saying yes to the world and now they're saying no to the world and yes to God. That's incredible to see that. And they're not in the tank because they've arrived you know, spiritually, they, they've done enough good things. They know, man, I can't do anything without God because he showed me the things I was doing and how it wasn't doing anything for me except bringing me down. But Jesus brings me to life. Um, and again, baptism is just a picture of not what we can accomplish, but what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. Uh, as Romans 6 says, for the death he died, he being Jesus, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to the Father. So you too consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So how do we respond to this message? Like, how do we respond to that? If we're going to take ourselves out of the equation, well, what's our part? Well, this is our part. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. You know, in baptism, that's, you see, you are saying no to the world and you are dying to self as you go underwater. I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ in me and the life which I, uh, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now the author of this particular passage is Paul, the apostle Paul, and he's writing to the Galatians, and what he's saying is to get away from a cultural mindset of what you think the Christian message should look like or what, you know, what fits you best. What he's reminding us is the message of Christ is Christ's message. He doesn't need us to edit it, add to it or change it. But it exists Because one, he is good, but two, it exists for the sake of everyone. But it's only made possible, not through our addition, but through our subtraction, dying to ourselves, dying even to our culture and our opinions and the things that we thought needed to identify us. But instead, we're identified by the one who created our life and who has actually created our life for eternity. You know, growing up in Southeast Asia, there is traffic everywhere, especially in the metro city. And uh, one of my missionary friends told me a story. It was pretty incredible. He was new to the Philippines. He came and um, he, need, he he was starting a church in a couple of weeks. And so he wanted to tour the area. And so he hailed down a taxi cab and a taxi pulled up and he got in. And if if you've ever been to Southeast Asia, Um, on the dashboard of taxi cabs are all these little trinkets and, um, you know, little toys and figures and stuff. But there's also little statues. There's little religious relics like these, uh, yeah, just little idols on the dashboard. And my friend said to the driver, hey, that's quite the collection you have up there. What, What is that? And he goes, oh, these are my gods. It's like, oh, gods. Okay, well, why so many? He goes, oh, well, this one, I have four kids. So this one is so I can be a good father. And this one is for money. And this one is for safety that no one breaks into my house. This one is for success. This one is for my wife. And like every God, he would pray to individually to help with all these individual needs, these specific things in his life. And my friend said, oh, I noticed, though, you're missing a God on there. Have you heard of Jesus? He's like, yeah, I've heard of him. He's like, why isn't Jesus on your dashboard? Well, I I don't know. Why do I need Jesus? And he gave him a Bible, which is pretty cool. And he said, I'd like you to read this, but also uh, I want you to be my taxi driver. And so they exchanged numbers. And he's like, uh, why don't you pick me up uh, whenever I text and, you know, we'll continue. That's how the relationship started. So uh, after about a week, he texts him, the taxi driver picks him up. My friend gets in and the taxi driver has a smile on his face. He goes, my friend, look at my dashboard. And he still had all the idols and all the gods, but guess what? There was a new one. It was Jesus. There was a Jesus figure on there. And he goes, I have my Jesus. He's like, wow, that, that's great. But did you read the book I gave you? And he's like, well, no, I just got Jesus. He's like, Yeah, but these are actually Jesus's words. So he's like, Hmm, okay. Because my friend was explaining, Jesus just isn't an addition or a good suggestion or to complete the set. Now, He is the set. He's everything you need. He is the only God, the only relationship that you need. And so Uh, my friend, you know, they didn't see each other for about two weeks, but he told them that his church was going to be opening soon. And on the day that the church was opening, my friend was out there greeting people, and the taxi driver came up. And as he came up, he was holding in one hand a black garbage bag, and in the other hand, the Bible that my friend gave him. And my friend said, hey, I'm so glad you're here. What, What do you have? He said, this, the Bible, this is the God who speaks. This is the only God, the only word that I need. These I don't need anymore. And he, in the bag were all the idols that were on his dashboard. Isn't that incredible? He handed that out. Like, think of that for a second. Like physically taking things out of his life and saying, this does nothing for me. I was giving too much to this, but this was giving too much to me and I want to respond to it. Um, You know, it kind of sounds like a country song. I know we're all thinking that, right? Uh, Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel, that kind of thing. But, you know, as a, you know, just like a country song, I'm kind of afraid that this message is a bit too simple. You know, this is just the youth pastor talking to us. It's a bit too simple. Um, But here's why we need to be reminded of the message of Jesus. Here's why. Uh, Francis Schaeffer, one of my favorite authors, uh, he wrote this. He said, tell me what the world is saying today, and I'll tell you what the church will be saying in seven years. Now, when I first read that quote, I'm a pretty positive person. So I'm like, oh, wow, in seven years, the church will get it. We'll know what to say. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that culture will be so influential that the church will just mimic the world's problems and just add that to their religious responses to their worship in seven years. the church will actually be defined by the world, not by God and that's why we need to remember Jesus's message he didn't speak it so that we could add on to it he didn't speak it just to say, "Hey, I have something to do say as well, no, he spoke it because he knows that our lives Need an authority that our lives need a voice that is better than any other voice that we could ever hear. So, my friends, how do we keep the message of Jesus in focus today? Because there are so many messages, right? So many messages of injustice, what to do, um, you know, when you're treated unfairly, how to be successful, uh, how to be politically correct of uh, how to, whatever, like you name it, how to be fair, how to be the best that you can be. There are so many messages out there, but how do we keep Jesus's message? The same message that changed your life, my life, maybe is changing yours right now. How do we keep that in focus? And this is the third way. We receive the message of Jesus by sharing Jesus's message in faith. We receive it and we give it away. So often we add to the message of Jesus or we just create a new one completely. And the reasons we do this are out of fear. You know, what are people going to say? Anxiety, uh, cultural pressure, or like I mentioned before, just not knowing God, not knowing who He is or the real heart behind the message. And so we just make up our own messages. But here's the thing. Um, we, We try to live for others, um, you know, through our messages. But the truth is, we actually, we're supposed to die to ourselves and let Christ live through us. Why? Because the best thing about us is Jesus. Think of that for a second. The best thing about you, if Jesus has changed your life, the best thing about you should be Jesus. The best thing about you should not be your retirement plan, should not be your successes, your great stories, um, your brilliance, the way that you have solved the problem, the way that you interact in situations, the way that you can diffuse things, the way that you bring value to things, the way uh, that you just live your life like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be it. That shouldn't be the best thing about you. The best thing should be Jesus. And when you share this message, you're not saying that you will solve someone's problem, that you will fix someone's marriage, that you will bring back home the prodigal child, that you will provide a job, you will make sure they have a safe future. No. What you're saying, though, is that Jesus is good. And can be trusted. And he loves you so much, just like he loves me. That's what you're saying. Your freedom and justice and retirement and any other things that we have in our heads as our goals, it it needs to be in Christ. Purified by him, redefined by him, because I no longer live, but Christ in me. So as i close right now um just yeah i'm so glad that we were able to talk about the message of jesus and you know this is usually where we kind of go through like application here's here's the three things that you do but i don't i'm not as concerned with application as much as i am implication what happens if we don't let this message define us and what happens This message that was designed for us to receive and give, what happens if we don't give it? What happens? People don't get to meet Jesus. People don't get to find out who they really are in Him. And so I just, I don't want to leave you with application. I'd love to leave you with a question. This summer, uh, right now in your lives, or as you prepare for the upcoming whatever, school year, church year, whatever it looks like for you. I just want to ask you and leave you with this question. Who has God placed on your heart to share his message with? God bless you all. Have a great summer. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.